Hey there, this is John Metter. Welcome to the Man to Man podcast. Men everywhere need to be talking to other men of experience and wisdom. Along with my friends, we'll be talking about how to grow as a man, how to find truth to stand on, how to meet the challenges of the day. Join me as we discuss everything from personal growth to fitness, from relationships to leadership. Let's talk man to man. So glad you've joined us for our Man to Man podcast. And we've been following along uh, with the men's meetings that we have uh, every Tuesday morning early. And for some of you, this is just catching up on some of the missed sessions. For some of you, it's the first time to be exposed to man to man. But we're just glad you joined us because we're talking about what it means to be a biblical man. And we are dealing with some of the details of what it means to be strong as a man. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Act Like Men is the overall verse that we've been dealing with in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14. Just listen to these uh, five big qualities of a man as we find in the Scripture. Paul says this, Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So that passage really breaks down into five big things. We talked about what it meant to be on the alert. We spent a couple of weeks talking about standing firm in the faith. Uh, We've talked about what it means to act like men. And then now we're on the second session of what it means to be strong. So as we dive into this for the next few moments, I just want to remind you that the phrase in the Bible, be strong, is never in the active voice. Now what that means is, is that you don't just become strong by determining that it be so, but it's in a it's in the uh, instead of the active voice, it means basically the passive voice or the middle voice to be made strong. It means to allow yourself to be worked on, to be strengthened. Picture in your mind the man in the weight room. He doesn't become strong by lifting the bar without weights on it. He he becomes strong by lifting the bar with weight, with resistance, with. Uh, Something that challenges his muscles to push harder than they've ever pushed before. That's how you become strong. So the biblical word really does relate to allowing yourself to go through the challenges or the responsibilities, uh, allowing yourself to be subject to uh, being stretched, being uh, burdened, uh, allowing weight to be on you, remaining in tough situations so that you can grow through them. And we can think of a million athletic Uh, type of illustrations, but really it's all about the circumstances of life and letting those grow you strong. So I'm going to get real specific here uh, as I talk about these different ways that a man can be strong. And I hope these apply to your life. I I know they will in some way, and I I just pray that God will use them in big ways in each of your lives. So there's four things I'm going to give you today that uh, come not only out of these scriptures, but out of uh, a compilation of men's podcast that I've listened to and watched and read. And uh, these are all, I think, just incredible principles that help us become strong. So here are the four that I'm going to give you today. First of all, a strong man sees himself accurately. He sees himself accurately. He, he's aware of who he is. He has a, a good self-awareness. That's what a strong man does. In John 15, verse 16, Jesus was teaching his disciples and he said to them, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. Now, at first, there may not seem to be much correlation between being a strong man and that verse, but think about what those disciples thought instead of thinking about the fact that they were 
fishermen, tax collectors, everything else that Jesus had loosely assembled, they thought of themselves as men whom God knew and called them and pointed them to do something significant. And it must have really impacted their world and their lives to know that there was a purpose for them that God actually chose them. You know, your identity is one of the most important things to possess in your mind. I guess you know this, but how you see yourself influences everything, including your confidence. Uh, it influences your self-awareness. It may even exaggerate your fears if you uh, are not confident to handle those fears. Um, your view of God affects your mind and actions as well. So your view of God and your view of yourself affects you in a huge way. But let's focus for just a minute on self-awareness or seeing yourself accurately. Uh, recently, I listened to a TED Talk that was uh, done by a young woman that had done incredible amounts of research into self-awareness. And through this research, she learned that there were several components to measure self-awareness. So she began polling people, testing and surveying them, walking them through this, this uh, grid that she built. And she learned at the end of it all that 95% of people believe they are self-aware. But in reality, only 15%, one five, only 15% accurately view themselves uh, in a healthy or a, an accurate way. It's really amazing when you step back and think about that. Most of us think we really do know who we are. But in reality, very few of us really do. And it implicates how others see us as either being clueless or unaware. Uh, think about this. If you believe yourself to be wise and strong, but you're not, others see you as a fool because you're acting wise, you're acting strong, but you're not. Or if you believe yourself to be worthless, others feel sorry for you. When in fact, you're not worthless. It, it radically affects your behavior. Uh, if you view yourself as being a fallen, sinful, but saved child of God who's on the way of growing into Christ's likeness, then that's who you really are as a believer. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, his view of you, his declaration of who you are, ought to be the cornerstone for your self-awareness. And at the same time, how you view God and how you view yourself are key components to being strong. If you have a lowered view of God and you demand things of him that are inappropriate and you're angry with him for not doing it. If you have a lofty view of God, you worship him as he should be worshipped. And your conversation with him is respectful. Uh, so it really does matter who you see yourself as and who you see God as. And the truth is, the same kinds of things happen in your relationships. If you don't accurately assess who you are, it's going to affect your marriage, your dating relationships. It's going to affect your work relationships and your friendships. So it's a really important quest to be on, to learn to know who you are. Uh, one of the things that our men talked about as we discussed this was the reality that today so many are not self-aware because they are isolated, that everything that they do tends to be towards the private, private world. They surround themselves by walls. They get behind closed doors. They immerse themselves into uh, media or technology or social media. And the only perception they have of themselves is their own. That's a dangerous place to be. Someone once said it like this, if the only perspective you have on yourself is your perspective, then you're literally blind. It takes other people speaking into us to help us know something about the accuracy of our self-assessment. Sometimes 
fathers speak like that into their children in a healthy way, not an unhealthy way. Sometimes men in the brotherhood, friends of yours, uh, uh, athletic buddies, uh, guys you work out with, guys that you uh, uh, do different things with. Men in the military often talk about this. People in bands talk about the the closeness that they have in that band and how they interact with each other and speak into each other's lives. We all need someone to speak into our lives. We all need people to help us assess our self-awareness and help us with that. So one of the things I'll say to you about that is that you need to be able to speak into other people's self-awareness, affirm them when they need to be affirmed, but correct them when they need to be corrected, and let them do the same for you. When that happens, your self-awareness level goes up because you can actually gauge yourself based on what you see others noticing about your life as well. At the same time, reading the scriptures and finding out what God says about your life is just as important if not more so than the perspective of other trusted people. So first of all, you want to be a strong man? Have a good self-awareness of who you really are. Number two, strong men step up when times call for it, when times call for action. The Bible says in all labor there is profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. That's just a principle that says you can talk about anything, but you'll never, ever make progress without action. Robert Lewis's great series called Authentic Manhood focused on a couple of phrases. One of those phrases was reject passivity and take initiative. I'm going to say it again. Reject passivity, take initiative. That's another way of saying lead. Um, You need to assume that some things are your job and your moment. Robert Lewis calls those two phrases about passivity and initiative to be the two indicators of biblical manhood. And he references the life of, Ab- of, of Adam, the first man in the Bible. If you read Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, you notice a phenomenal thing. God has created Adam and Eve, and God spoke to Adam and told him to leave the tree of the knowledge of good and evil alone. Not, don't touch it. Everything else in the garden, you can do that. You can eat of it, but you can't eat of that one. Later on, the serpent comes in and tempts Eve, and she takes the fruit and eats and gives to her husband. He's right there with her. He sees the temptation. He knows what God has said. But Adam is strangely silent, strangely passive in this first and most important story of the original temptation. And it's really incredible to see that only by being passive did all this fall of mankind really take place. So passivity was really behind the fall of mankind, which has all kinds of implications for us today. Now, while it's true, it's time to be silent and be still. It's really important that when action is called for, strong men step up. They step in the gap. They do what needs to be done. They're not silent, and they're not missing in action. Now, maybe you know a family situation where a man in your life was missing in action, and you know the negative impact of having someone MIA in your life. Maybe you've been guilty of that. But the important thing for biblical manhood, for strong men, is to be present and to be willing to act when action is needed. Now, the third principle is something similar to that. A strong man speaks up when he sees compromise. Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6. Listen to this one. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. 
Now, you know what that means, right? It means that it's more valuable to have a friend who rebukes you, who tells you what you should stop doing, or tells you what you ought to do, even though it may hurt. He's a friend. He cares for you. He shares with you what needs to be shared. That that's better, more valuable than an, an enemy that pats you on the back and compliments you, even though you really need to do something and you really need to say something about your life. Silence in a time of sin is sin itself. Uh, I think it was Todd Wagner that said that. Be kind but strong. Correct what is wrong in other people's lives or in your own. Stand up for the victim and the one being bullied. Reject the sensational video mindset of this generation who takes a video of a bully situation instead of intervening. Recently, I saw a, a shocking video of a fight that took place in a McDonald's in some major city in America. And the fight was between an older woman, by that I mean 30-something-year-old woman, and a younger woman, by that I mean a teenager. And they didn't know each other, but somehow the older woman was aggressive toward the younger woman. Don't know what happened. But I do know that the fight took place meant that the whole room cleared, except for those two people going at that fight. The young girl was extremely confused, very overwhelmed, uh, undersized in, in the sense of the woman that was beating her. She was dragged around by her hair on the floor. She was beaten and bloody, and nobody intervened. In fact, everybody got their phones out, and they began to take pictures and video of this horrible beating. It was despicable that no one stepped up and no one intervened. In fact, when someone finally intervened, it was the companion of the larger, older woman who said, that's enough. So nobody advocated on the part of this innocent, seemingly innocent young girl and later on, the news report says she didn't say anything. She didn't do anything. She was just singled out by the older woman. Why do we live in a society when strong men aren't present? They don't speak up when they see compromise. It's so important that we speak up in our world today when we are able to intervene, when we're able to do that. But this is also important for us to speak up in marriage, speak up in parenting, speak up in society. Men need to stand in the gap. How many kids' lives have been ruined because the dad would not say, stop, that's enough, you've gone far enough, I'm not letting this happen anymore. So important for you to be counted and rise to the occasion to take action and a strong man speaks up when he sees compromise. I think it was uh, one of the men in our groups earlier today who said this, it's a famous statement, uh, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do, to do nothing. All it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Let's not be those men who do nothing, but rather be men who speak up and act when necessary. Then the fourth principle today I give you is a strong man stays on course when life becomes confusing and difficult. At the end of the letter to Corinth, Paul writes a verse that has several words that depict endurance and staying on course. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and immovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. I want you to catch this next statement I make. In my estimation, the most successful men have simply weathered the storms with great diligence, period. They may not have been the most gifted, they may not have had the greatest advantage, but they stuck with it. They wouldn't quit. 
They hung in there. I'll say it again. In my estimation, the most successful men have simply weathered the storm with the greatest diligence. Sometimes the difference between life and death and success and failure, between riches and loss, is hanging on one more day, one more week, one more month. Now those words in that verse, steadfast, immovable, always abounding, uh, saying to them that your toil is not in vain, that it's worthwhile to stick with it. Those are the words I want you to remember today. A strong man stays on course. Years ago when I started uh, pastoring ministry, pastoral ministry and started doing a lot of counseling, there were times when I would talk to people that were going through things and they were so quick to give up that I began to say to them, uh, you need to hang in there. And after I'd said that a few times, one guy said to me, you know, that's not biblical advice. You shouldn't be giving that advice. And uh, at first it took me by surprise, and then I was able to come back and say, no, actually, that's very biblical advice. And the verse I just shared with you earlier on is one good example of that, even though it's all the way through the scriptures. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. There's a word in the Greek for discipline, and that word has to do with remaining and enduring and and disciplining yourself to stay under the weight, stay under the load, stay under the challenge. And that word discipline means remain under, just to remain under. Remember the weightlifter I referenced as I started today? Remain under the weight that the world has placed on your shoulder, trusting God to help you, but not quitting, not giving up, but allowing it to make you strong. The people I know that are most successful have learned to endure. And in the end, they look back and they're really glad they did. Because sometimes it's just a day, just a week, just a month that makes the difference between a quitter and a winner. The only way you can really lose in life is to quit. Don't be a quitter. A strong man stays on course. So those four again very quickly. A strong man sees himself accurately. A strong man steps up when times call for action. A strong man speaks up when he sees compromise. And a strong man stays on course when life becomes confusing and difficult. My prayer for you is that you'll learn to be a strong man and grow strong in the challenges of life. So I want to thank you for joining us. And we'll continue with another episode next week about this time. And uh, I hope it's in some way helpful for you. And I always invite you to join us at Cross City Church in Euless, Texas. It's a great place to grow and to be strong as a man. Thanks again.